Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind Healthy Life. I'm your host Avik and today we are joined by a beautiful guest. Yes, I'm talking about Parker Pondit. So welcome to the show Parker. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to speak with you. Lovely, lovely. So Parker like before we start our conversation I'd love to uh, briefly mention to our all of our listeners that Parker is a health advocate and a host of Exploring Health macro to micro so from founding modo bio to coaching professionals athletes parker's journey is truly unique so without further ado let's get started so parker like uh, if you can share a personal experience where exercise and the breathe work played a significant role in your uh, well-being and the overall health Yeah, I think that, I think those two are very intertwined. So, uh, I think I'll give you one example and it's not exactly one that you can disconnect the the two of them. But also I want to thank you for that very kind introduction as well. Um so I, I think we'll end up getting into it in a bit more detail, but exercise is wildly beneficial for basically every aspect of health, um for physical health, uh, mental health, um energetic and spiritual if you want to go there as well. I think it sort of helps with sort of alignment within the body. Um so there are a variety of different avenues to sort of pursue that sort of exercise as a physical pursuit. Um but for me i've always found the benefit of sort of high levels of stress uh and then deep relaxation and i think there's sort of this physiologic response that the body is used to and has been evolutionary sort of designed for um so if you were to think back to sort of older days where there were more threats in the world more actual physical threats um for example if you were to get chased by a bear in the woods and you had to run for your life that's a high stress situation a lot of things in your body sort of upregulate so it's a very high stress situation and then well only one of two situations happen you either escape or you don't so in the instance that you do escape you end up having to downregulate and you relax so that really deep relaxation um after that high stress situation and there's there's a huge benefit to be able to do that in your life so obviously you shouldn't be putting yourself in situations where you're getting chased by a bear but in the in the sense of exercise for example um that is a stressful situation where you're applying a deliberate amount of stress to your body and then i think one of the things that a lot of people miss is actually down regulating and getting that deep relaxation afterwards So this will be something that's harder to do in the gym because you don't necessarily control and own that environment but you can do it at home when you um when you get back home. And the main thing to do is just to do some breathing, right? You want to be in a quiet, calm environment. 
and you can just lay down or you can just sit with your eyes closed and you just want to focus on your breathing for like five minutes. So that combination. And if you want to get a little bit more nuanced into the breath work, try to make your exhales last a little bit longer than your inhales. So deliberately extending the exhale is a good way to help you de-stress and downregulate. Um, so I, I love that combination of just doing anything physically exerting kind of that high stress. And then when you're done with it, also taking that deliberate time to relax and downregulate yourself just with like that five minutes of breath work. And the breath work doesn't have to be overly complicated, just sitting and focusing on your breath. And if you want to get a little bit more into it, just making your exhales a little bit longer than your inhales. It's pretty much the simplest way to kind of introduce those two topics. Mm-hmm. Lovely. That's really lovely. So, um, okay. So how would you describe the holistic connection between the physical exercise and the mental well-being uh, based on your experiences or the observations? Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of benefits to exercise as it ties into mental health or mental well-being. Um, and I think the easiest place to start is with talking about walking. I think walking can be overlooked a lot of times because it, it seems relatively low threshold or low impact, or it, it seems too simple to be as effective as it really is. Um, but there's a study I kind of wanted to bring up. Uh, it was in regards to women. Um, so women who walked at least 7,500 steps per day had a 50% lower prevalence of depression than women who were sedentary. So 7,500 steps is even sort of lower than the typical threshold that you would hear about. Um, a lot of people talk about 10,000 steps a day. Um, it's kind 10,000 is kind of an arbitrary number, mm-hmm. but 7,500 steps is sort of the threshold for that study at least. So even just walking 7,500 steps a day, there's so many benefits from just being outside, getting fresh air, being in nature. Um, and, and there's something that has to do with sort of like the cyclical repetitive nature of walking. That's also really beneficial. But I think that's a great example where a lot of times people think, you know, you need to do, you need to sort of boil the ocean, but 7,500 steps a day is a pretty approachable number. The average step count for people, at least here in the US is around 5,100 steps a day. And then a, a person walks on average about uh, hundred steps per minute. So getting from the average of 5,100 to 7,500 is about an extra 25 minutes a day. So not a huge lift, but huge upside in that 50% lower prevalence of depression uh, in women at least. So I just thought that was an interesting study that was worth bringing up to sort of highlight how, how walking, which is at the lower threshold ends of exercise can be wildly beneficial. Exactly. Exactly. True. Yeah. So, um, in your opinion, like, uh, what makes breed work a powerful complement to the physical exercise? Um, I mean, uh, how have you seen it enhance the benefits of the movement? Yeah. So I think breath work, I, I love the utility of it and the fact that it's, it's very accessible. Um, so there, there are many different practices that you can do for stress management and helping improve sort of your mental resilience and stress management. Um, but some of them are, are things like walking, for example. So it's like, maybe you're not in a situation where you can get up and go for a 20 minute walk or yoga is one of those things, which is incredibly powerful for stress management and sort of aligning yourself in a variety of different ways. But if you're you know, here in the US, if you're on a subway and you get an email from your boss that just kind of sends you into a tailspin, you can't really 
just go into your yoga practice in the middle of the subway. Um, so that's why I like breath work because it's one of those things that you can do sort of by yourself. It's free. You can almost do it anywhere. You might look a little strange to some people when you're doing it, but it's one of those things that you can do anywhere kind of around anyone and you always have it with you. So I, I love tools that are not external where you're looking to another environment or outside of yourself to sort of capture it, but it's something you always have with you. Um, so that, that's why I think it's one of the most beneficial tools. And for me, as I've kind of expanded my breathwork practice, and if you want to kind of go into specific protocols, I'm happy to share some of them. But the thing it does for me is it kind of gives me a moment in time to pause where an event happens and then I'm going to react at some point. And the bigger a gap that I can create from the, the event to the reaction, the better my reaction is going to be. So even if it's just going from one second to three seconds where I can sit and go, I don't need to flip out over this thing, or this is not the end of the world. Just having that little extra second can be incredibly powerful. It stops you from saying incredibly stupid things sometimes, or very hurtful things, or whatever the immediate reaction might be. Like having that pause can really be beneficial in the long run. Got it. So, um, I mean, many people uh, like associate exercise primarily with the physical benefits. Now, mm -hmm. how do you think incorporating breath work uh, transforms exercise into a more holistic practice? I think when you start doing breath work, mm -hmm. you become more aware of the moment. Because one of the primary things with breath work is just focusing on the breath. So it's a almost like a mantra-based meditation where it's just focused on a singular thing. So it just forces you to stay in the moment. And exercise can be one of the things where I think people can use exercise as an outlet or a vehicle to sort of distract themselves um, from maybe some, some larger issues they're encountering. Um, but when you start doing breath work, you have more awareness and more presence in almost everything that you do. So doing breath work sort of on its own, and then also exercising, you're going to find that your breath is more, um, you're more conscious of your breath while you're exercising. And a lot of movements should be tied in. You should have specific breathing patterns while you're doing the movements. Mm. Um, for example, if you're lifting something heavy, you generally want to be exhaling as you're pressing something away from you and sort of inhaling or holding your breath as you're sort of lowering into the movement, um, holding your breath during the eccentric phase, exhaling during the concentric phase. Um, so to give a concrete example of that, if you're doing a squat, uh, the lowering down portion, that's sort of the eccentric part of the movement. And that's when you should be either inhaling or holding your breath. And then the concentric portion would be kind of pushing up out of the squat to the top. So you should be exhaling during that portion. So kind of once you become aware of breath work, you just find yourself much more present in kind of anything you're doing. And that certainly translate to, translates to exercise. And then you also see that the breath work that you're using while you're exercising is matching up with the movements. So it's kind of this like beautifully coherent thing that can occur. Okay. So what advice do you have for the individuals who may feel like overwhelmed on uh, or uncertain about incorporating the breath work into their exercise routine? 
that's why I didn't want to give uh, an example that was too, too specific where uh-huh. I, I tried to just make it as easy as possible because it's so easy to go on the internet today and you can, you can go down a rabbit hole of breathwork protocols and Wim Hof breathing, uh, Tumo breathing. Uh, th- there's so many different ways you can go down. So that's why I just kind of wanted to give that one basic framework of if you want to use your breath to help sort of relax you, just make your exhale last a little bit longer than your inhale. And then I guess if just on the flip side of that framework, if you want to sort of mobilize energy, think about when you're being chased by that metaphorical bear in the woods, you're not going to be taking nice, slow, long controlled exhales. You're going to be breathing really fast. And usually your inhales are going to be, you're going to be kind of gulping in oxygen, right? So that upregulates everything that gets your adrenaline going, your norepinephrine going, um, stress and cortisol levels rise because you want energy to be mobilized within the body and everything that you do. So the opposite is completely true where if you just extend the exhales, that sort of does the opposite to all of those physiologic responses where cortisol will drop, epinephrine drops. Uh, it just kind of does the opposite where it downregulates you and allows you to get into a more relaxed state. So if you want energy, short, fast uh, inhales and more frequent breaths. And then if you want to relax, uh, longer exhales and less breaths per minute. Okay. So, um, okay. Uh, so how, how have you witnessed the impact of breathe work and exercise on the emotional resilience and the ability to navigate the life's challenges? I think there's something that should be said for deliberately exposing yourself to challenging situations. Um, So as I kind of already mentioned that, you know, exercise is just a form of stress. Um, You know, that's, that's the way any sort of adaptation works where you need to expose yourself to a certain amount of stress. And then your body kind of freaks out and goes, Whoa, that was a lot. And then it adapts by either getting stronger or becoming, um, better from a cardiovascular standpoint. So then the next time you do that thing, it's not, it's not as challenging. You don't freak out, but then you create a new stimulus and that's how you sort of keep leveling up sort of the ladder of adaptation. So exercise by definition should be challenging to a certain extent to get the sort of adaptation that you want. So if you're deliberately exposing yourself to something challenging two days a week, three days a week, four days a week, it starts to build in this mental resilience where you just know like one, you're not only going to be not afraid of doing challenging things because you do them routinely, right? Exercising is hard, but you do it, right? You know, it would be easier to not go to the gym. You'd be easier to just sit on the couch, but you do it. So you build sort of the repetitions and the mental strength, knowing that you can do something challenging. And then it also kind of gives you not only just doing something challenging, but continuing to grow and knowing that the benefit of growth comes on the other side of addressing those challenges. So it's not always going to be kind of a one-to-one comparison of uh, this challenge that I'm facing in my life is not as hard as the gym workout I did or more hard than the gym workout I did. But if you just have the mentality around, I can face challenges. And I think it's one of those things that exercising consistently does build and helps you build is just that mental toughness and confidence in yourself that when you face challenges, it's not, the idea is not to avoid it. The, day, the idea is to kind of go straight through it and just knowing that something beneficial is going to happen to their side. Exactly. 
So, um, if you, I mean, uh, in your podcast, like you talk about thriving through the breath movement and the overall well-being. So, how can the listeners cultivate a mindset that embraces this holistic approach in their own lives? I use, I, I try to use what I think is a somewhat simple framework because I think it's easy. It's easy to go for, get overwhelmed, but it's also easy to miss sort of these big categories of things when it when you talk about health or overall health or well being. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of categorize things into six six buckets, if you will, um, which are sleep, nutrition, exercise, daily physical activity, and I categorize that different from exercise, which is basically just walking, if you will, uh, just how active you are throughout the day. Um, stress management, and then healthy connections. So those are like the six buckets that I have. And it's good to just kind of want to have a framework so you can kind of look at those things and go, well, which one am I obviously, which one or two or three am I obviously ignoring or which, which ones am I doing really well at? And we all just favor the things that we're, we're better at. Like I prefer exercise. So I probably put too much of my effort and energy into the exercise bucket and probably not enough into like the, the healthy connections bucket. So like, I, I know where I need to fill up a little bit more and probably pull some energy away from the other ones, but that's hopefully a simple or simple ish framework for people to think of, and they can at least just like jot it down on a sheet of paper and they're like, where am I doing well? What can I work on? And then if you're if you're spending a disproportionate amount of time and energy and effort and resources towards one of them, you might have to do some resource allocation to to some of the other buckets to help help people understand where they might be deficient or where they can help where they can start putting a little more effort and energy. Wow, that's really great. And there you have it, uh, folks. Like a deep dive into the holistic power of exercise and the breath work. So I hope that you all of you have found our conversation inspiring and insightful, offering the practical tips to integrate into your daily routine. So before we wrap up, a heartfelt thank you uh, to our guest for sharing his expertise and the experiences with us. And if you all have enjoyed this episode, do not forget to subscribe for more enlightening discussions on healthy healthy body and healthy mind. So remember that your journey to thrive through breathe and movement starts with small and the intentional steps so stay active breathe deeply and uh, embrace the holistic power of a healthy lifestyle so thank you for joining us on this episode of healthy mind and healthy life until next time breathe move and thrive so thank you so much thanks so much for having me on this is this is a lot of